happening. Our top stories tonight, the NFC East and all the unsolved position battles within it. Plenty at the running back position, including the Philadelphia Eagles backfield. DeAndre Swift versus Rashad Penny versus Kenneth Gainwell versus Boston Scott. We've also got the Commanders, Antonio Gibson versus Brian Robinson versus Chris Rodriguez. We've got Sam Howell versus Jacoby Brissett. We've got some tight end battles as well and plenty of receiver battles. The NFC East, unlike the AFC East, that episode was a little bit boring. Unlike the AFC East, the NFC East has actual stuff we care about, actual position battles to discuss, actual things that will make a difference. We're here to talk about on Player Profiler today. To the position battles, we do have a couple updates. DeAndre Hopkins not looking to retire anytime soon. Says he will retire when he is no longer a 1,000-yard receiver. And you may or may not know, but DeAndre Hopkins was on pace for 1,400 yards last year. Only had one significant injury in his career. DeAndre Hopkins confident he will play for years to come. I believe he has this year in him. We'll see how the efficiency metrics are this year. I'm taking it year by year. With DeAndre Hopkins, if he is as efficient as he was last year, then I will still be in on him in 2024. If he's not, then I'll be a little bit lower. But we're expecting him to go to the New England Patriots. We got a breakdown of Devontae Parker's contract, and it is kind of what we thought. It is interesting to note that Devontae Parker sees a guaranteed contract through 2023, through 2024. So two years guaranteed for Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker will be on this Patriots roster this year and next year, which is not something that was guaranteed at any point. But he is going to be making $4.9 million in incentives every year of his career, 400000 in all-pro incentives for the three years of the deal, $1.2 million per game roster bonus this year, $1.7 million roster bonus in 2024, 2025. So, all things told, this Devontae Parker contract is really just a nothing burger. He gets guaranteed salary through 2023-2024, but that salary is nowhere close to the $11 million we thought, or that was announced. It's closer to a 4 or $5 million guarantee for Devontae Parker with a bunch of incentives. Final note on the New England Patriots. I know this is an NFC East episode, but we got a lot of news on the New England Patriots. Tom Brady and Mac Jones are hanging out. They were hanging out with Devin McCourty. Everyone, everyone out there made a big deal that, oh, they haven't met yet. They haven't talked yet. They're not friends. Mac Jones, Tom Brady, what's going on there? Is is is, it, is this a curse that Tom Brady has put on Mac Jones? Turns out they're fine. They're friends. They're hanging out. And before we get to the rest of the quarterbacks across the NFC East and the position battles there, we've got a word from the Podfather. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see 
in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, <laughs> it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. get the player profiler draft kit the world famous draft kit or if you want to get the all-in package get everything that player profiler has to offer use promo code jack when you sign up and save ten dollars off of your purchase and while you're checking out player profiler stuff anyways why don't you check out the deep end up right after this well a little bit later than this it's in the seven o'clock slot that i usually occupy you're probably thinking jack why aren't you live right at 7 p.m you're on early well this is why it's because the guys at the deep end they are participating in the live buffalo scott fishbowl draft they have two co-hosts one of them is mike leone and it's gonna be a good show check that out when you're done checking this they will be live at 7 p.m eastern Early showtime, senior football. Yes, it is. But of course, when the deep end comes to me and says, hey, you know, we've got this really cool thing. We've got, I don't know, the Scott Fishbowl Buffalo draft. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to move my show for amazing things like that. And that's the beauty of player profiler. There are just so many amazing things going on across the board. You've got the Podfather doing all of his stuff. You've got Theo just constantly coming up with new ideas, new creations, the guy just never stops the creativity is out of control with theo you've got billy and all the work that he is doing with the projections and on his shows as well it's just there's so much going on at player profiler it is amazing and within the draft kit you will see sam howell versus jacoby Brissett. this is officially a position competition a quarterback controversy a qb battle but as we know the Washington Commanders are going to give Sam Howell every opportunity to hold on to this job, to win it, to keep it, to start all season for the Washington Commanders. That is the hope. That is the expectation. And the way Sam Howell played throughout OTAs, through minicamp, he has certainly earned that job for now. Now, of course, he could end up messing it up. He could throw a lot of interceptions in training camp, in preseason, but... If Sam Howell stays on the the path that he has been on, Sam Howell is going to be the starter for the Washington Commanders. And he'll have a fairly long leash. They're, they won't be afraid to bench him for Jacoby Brissett, but the Commanders are going to see what they have in Sam Howell as long as he doesn't bottom out. 
PJ Kennedy, happy to have you on the show. As always, DeAndre Swift to the moon. We'll get to that in just a moment. Well, we may as well get to it now because the rest of the quarterback, there's, there's no competition. There's no even conversation. Sam Howell versus Jacoby Brissett. Yes, that is a big deal. We expect that Sam Howell is going to start. Told you, Sam, don't be a Debbie. D- I'm not being a Debbie Downer. I am just telling you that what is going on. This is Sam Howell's job. He could lose it. But right now, this is his job. If Sam Howell keeps doing what he's doing, this is his job. I'm not trying to be a Debbie, Debbie Downer. I think he's going to have a fairly long leash. The rest of the quarterbacks, though, Tommy DeVito is QB3 for the New York Giants. He is going to get cut. He is an undrafted free agent. He's not going to make the roster. In Philadelphia, it's pretty clear cut as well. Marcus Mariota will back up Jalen Hurts. Tanner McKee will be QB3, the developmental prospect they took in the sixth round out of Stanford. And the Cowboys will have Cooper Rush as their backup. Will Greer probably on the practice squad. This is all easy peasy. But when it comes to Philadelphia and the running back position, there are a lot of different ways that this could shake out. A lot of people are talking. I don't know if you saw the quote tweet earlier today on the at Roto Underworld account on Twitter, but we did have a quote from Billy Muzio that if we knew Rashad Penny would play all 16 fantasy relevant games that he could make the playoffs or sorry, that he could be the RB one. He could win us the playoffs. Rashad white could be a league winner. He is that explosive. He is that efficient. He is that electric. The problem is he's never done it. Rashad white or Rashad Penny. Sorry. Only has 11 starts in his career. He's played 42 games, which was more than I expected, but 11 of them were starts. So while there is optimism that Rashad Penny could be something, his contract was nothing. And so the Eagles kind of doing the Damian Harris thing. They expect him to make the roster. They expect him to be part of the offense. But if he's not, that's okay. They didn't promise him anything. It is easy to move on from Rashad Penny if he is outplayed by Trey Sermon. Not going to happen. But it's pretty much a lock that these other running backs will be on the team. DeAndre Swift, they just traded for. Kenny Gainwell, he's going to be... And I don't know what his role is going to be. Because DeAndre Swift, he profiles as the pass-catching back, but he can also be a little bit of a lead back. It is going to be a very, very, very interesting rotation at running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. By profile, you'd expect Rashad Penny to be the lead back, DeAndre Swift to be the pass catching back and Kenny Gainwell to be kind of the Swiss army knight knife third down back just behind those guys. But Kenny Gainwell, we saw in the playoffs was starting to earn trust from this coaching staff of Nick Sirianni as well. So to make a long story short, I don't know how this is going to shake out. I still think DeAndre Swift is going to be the best, most productive back in the Philadelphia Eagle offense. I think he is going to show a lot of what he showed for the Detroit Lions, but much like Rashad Penny, how often is he going to do it? How often is he going to be on the field? I am drafting DeAndre Swift because he is going at such a suppressed rate, but I don't know. (laughs) Is Gainwell the next Chase Edmonds? He could be. He very well could be. He's a guy that flashes in limited usage, and then we all hope for a breakout, and then... Never happens. It'll be interesting to see when Kenny Gainwell hits free agency where he goes. And same 
with Antonio Gibson. I am very interested to see where Antonio Gibson, Kenny Gainwell's former teammate at the University of Memphis, where Gainwell was the running back and Gibson was a tight end receiver, weird sort of position. But Antonio Gibson versus Brian Robinson versus Chris Rodriguez. I don't know how this one's going to shake out either. I know Antonio Gibson is the third down back. I know that Antonio Gibson is the receiving back. I know Antonio Gibson is a more talented athlete than Brian Robinson. And with logical coaching, Eric Bieniemy, instead of Ron Rivera with his hands on the personnel, while Antonio Gibson should see the majority of the usage. But it's not a guarantee. We could see more Chris Rod- Chris Rodriguez could be the Isaiah Pacheco for the Washington Commanders and relegate Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson could be the Isaiah Pacheco. All we know for certain is Antonio Gibson is Jarek McKinnon, and that role is valuable for fantasy football purposes, even if it's not going to be a high-scoring offense like the Kansas City Chiefs. You are not paying premium prices to go out and draft Antonio Gibson. Swift is very, very good. Swift, DeAndre Swift might be the most talented running back in the NFL. Just pure talent, pure electricity. And this shows in the efficiency metrics when he's on the field. His ability to make people miss his yards after contact or, or his uh, juke rate, all those things. They are all elite. His true yards per carry, his yards per touch, they're all elite. It's just how often is he on the field and is the reason he's not on the field because he doesn't work hard enough. It's very, very possible. And it is possible that Kareem Hunt ends up in Washington. But much like Dalvin Cook and the Miami Dolphins, the fact that Kareem Hunt has talked to the commanders and not signed yet tells me that the commanders aren't interested enough for Kareem Hunt to take a bite. So I don't know. I think don't know. I don't think we're going to see Kareem Hunt, honestly. I think if we were, he would have signed by now. I think he is waiting for a better offer. And Kareem Hunt is going to wait into training camp and see what happens. As for the other backfields in the NFC East, these are not as big a conversation for the Giants. It becomes a conversation if Saquon Barkley misses any time. But Matt Breida versus Eric Gray versus Gary Brightwell versus Jay Sean Corbin. Breida, obviously the favorite. He's obviously the RB2, but that amounts for what, 20, not probably not even 20%, probably 16, 18% of the snaps played. Doesn't really matter who the backup for the New York Giants is, even if Saquon misses time. Yeah, Matt Breida is going to be the starter and the lead back, but Eric Gray is going to see some time. Gary Brightwell, it's going to be a rotation. It's going to be ugly. Doesn't matter for fantasy football purposes, but would be nice to see Eric Gray end up winning that job early on in his career, unseating Matt Breida. I have all three Eagles running backs. So Scott will probably be the answer. Scott's going to make this team. Boston Scott, I promise you, will make this Philadelphia Eagles roster. What he does on special teams, what he does all around, I think he is going to make this roster. Don't don't think he's going to have a huge role, but he's going to make this team. Is Hunt washed up? Hunt got lazy and locked into that contract behind Chubb. I think Hunt is a little bit washed up. I think he still has a role in the NFL as a third down back, but he's a 30% type of snap share guy at this point in his career. His speed has absolutely diminished. He can still get it done as a receiver, 
that's good. And that helps in fantasy football. But even if he signs somewhere, I don't see the, any path to Kareem Hunt seeing 50% of the touches, even with an injury. It's just not going to happen. It, let, let's say Kareem Hunt. Saquon Barkley holds out. Kareem Hunt signs with the New York Giants. I don't think Kareem Hunt plays 50% of the snaps. I think it is something like 40% Hunt, 45% Hunt, 30% Matt Breida, and then the rest with Eric Gray. It's going to be a committee. Kareem Hunt is a committee back for the rest of his career, no matter what. You have to be Barkley to you have to be Barkley to be good on the Giants. The rest of them are just, exactly. They're all just Jags. None of them are going to see the field. As for the Dallas Cowboys. Ronald Jones versus Malik Davis is an interesting battle. It seems as though the Cowboys really like Malik Davis. They like Malik Davis so much that they were fine cutting Zeke, didn't offer him a pay cut, just outright cut him, probably knowing that it would hurt his pride and he would say no, so they just cut him instead. But Malik Davis is the favorite to be the Dallas Cowboys running back to behind Tony Pollard. And that's a role that has fantasy football value. We saw it with Ezekiel Elliott. It wasn't great, but there's a floor there. And when you are drafting Malik Davis in the final rounds of fantasy drafts versus drafting Ezekiel Elliott in the, what, fourth round last year? Was that where Zeke was going? Anyways, that's a better value. Ronald Jones still technically in this competition too. Don't think it's going to happen for Ronald Jones, unfortunately. Deuce Vaughn also on the roster, but I treat Deuce Vaughn as his own separate entity much like Darren Sproles, because when Darren Sproles was with the Saints or with the Eagles or with the Chargers, he was getting touches, and technically, it's at the expense of LaDainian Tomlinson, which is wild to say. It's at the expense of Pierre Thomas and whoever else was competing with the, with the Saints, but it's not really. These are gadgety touches. These are schemed up. So Deuce Vaughn is a separate entity from the running back competition. It's really Tony Pollard, Ronald Jones versus Malik Davis, I think, Malik Davis takes this job. Maybe Ronald Jones ends up getting cut. And then there's always the possibility that they bring Ezekiel Elliott back into the fold. Not sure. Not sure. Fantasy Football Ninja, so happy to have you on this show here tonight. Happy that you are tuning in. Always a better show when you can tune in live. So thank you very much, my friend. Thank you all for tuning in as we talk about these position battles across the NFC East. Before we continue on with the wide receivers, though, we do have a word from the Podfather. Let's take a moment to talk about Underdog Fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from Player Profiler already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on Player Profiler is because of Underdog, because of their support. Get the Underdog app, plug in that promo code UNDERWORLD. I used to play Underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly. And... You can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well, what better place than in an underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pickums. It's important to correlate those NFL pickums. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them, and you can 5X your payout. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Underdog Fantasy, the promo code is UNDERWORLD. For an instant deposit match up to $100, Underdog is the truest friend of the underworld. 
Yes, Vaughn is very small, but he's not too small. He's Darren Sproles type of small. He is too small to, this is why he's a separate entity from the running back conversation, the running back competition, because he's never going to be a true running back. He's never going to be a true threat to put Tony Pollard on the bench. Not going to be a threat to put Malik Davis on the bench, but what he will do is he will mix in for some gadget touches. He'll get a screen. He'll line up as a wide receiver. He'll do little bit of things to just stress the defense. He is a 10 snap per game type of guy, not even a 10 touch per game type of guy. Deuce Vaughn's going to be a 10 snap per game playing 10 out of 60 snaps, something like that. Maybe even less. That's who he's going to be to start his career, but he will absolutely have a role. But looking at the wide receivers, these are some fun conversations. Not so much fun, Quez Watkins versus Alameda Zacchaeus. It doesn't matter for fantasy football purposes, but it is a conversation. Someone's got to be wide receiver three. Quez Watkins has reportedly stood out quite a bit. He's looked very good, but we all know how people were frustrated with Quez Watkins in the Super Bowl. So there's thoughts Alameda Zacchaeus could beat him out. I think it's going to be Quez Watkins. No way am I betting on the next Sproles. I'm out. Sell Ace. You're not selling him for anything. What can you sell? Do or unless you're saying once he actually has some value, then sell him. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not drafting him to begin with. But he's going to have an NFL role. This is going to be a thing. He's going to be a 10 snap, 15 snap later in his career. Not a 10 touch, 10 snap type of guy. And looking at the wide receivers that he'll be competing with, that he will sometimes be aligned out wide with. Michael Gallup versus Brandon Cooks is the big conversation in Dallas. I am firmly on the train that Brandon Cooks will beat out Michael Gallup, that Brandon Cooks will be the wide receiver too. What he offers to this offense, stretching the field, his work after the catch, is just so much more valuable than Michael Gallup just posting up at X receiver. He's a clasher but not a speedster. He doesn't stretch the field as well as you. Michael Gallup's fine. He's fine. He's a fine receiver. Brandon Cooks is a good receiver, and that's the difference. And then behind them, we're hoping Jalen Tolbert can win that wide receiver four role, competing with Kevontae Turpin, the punt returner, and Dennis Houston, who started last year for the Dallas Cowboys. Remember that? Remember when the Dallas Cowboys signed James Washington, and then he got hurt, so he missed the season opener? So it ended up being C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup was also injured, so he wasn't playing either. So it was C.D. Lamb, Noah Brown, and Dennis Houston starting for the Dallas Cowboys. What a time that was. Won't be the issue with Brandon Cooks. Zach Moss, Zach Moss had a good BMI. See where BMI got him. Greater BMI for, Jameer, or for Deuce Vaughn than Jameer Gibbs, though. Looking at the rest of these wide receivers, though, Jahan Dotson is going to try and stake his claim first as the wide receiver two, beating out Curtis Samuel. And then he'll try to climb to the wide receiver one chair. But I just don't see that happening at any point. I do not see Jahan Dotson beating out Terry McLaurin. He could eventually potentially become a 1B to McLaurin's 1A, but McLaurin's too good. He is just too, too good. But I think Jahan Dotson is the wide receiver two for the commanders. As for the Giants... I think this is going to shake out. Isaiah Hodgins is the X. Darius Slayton is the Z, the field stretcher. And then Paris Campbell is the slot receiver. Sterling Shepard is hoping to 
stake his claim on the slot receiver role, but he is not fully healthy. So he says he's feeling good. He says he's on track, all that stuff. But I believe the Giants brought in Paris Campbell to be just a mercenary for the slot receiver. He just starts one year there. He's an average slot receiver in the NFL. He's not a negative to the offense. He's not a particular boost of the offense, but he's average. He's just the definition of average. Paris Campbell ends up starting. Sterling Shepard backs him up, potentially beats him out at some point. I doubt that, but that's what the contracts say. And then Wandale Robinson at the end of the season or in 2024, that's when Wandale Robinson will be the starting slot receiver for the Giants. Paris Campbell will walk in free agency next year. And hopefully they get a actual alpha wide receiver because Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins on the outside ain't doing it. I know they drafted Jalen Hyatt, but that's again, that's not a wide receiver one. That's another Darius Slayton with better draft capital. Scary Terry and ooh, I like this. Scary Terry and Dotson are mini versions of AJ Brown and Smitty. I quite like that. Is Terry McLaurin the Valdez Scantling role now or the Juju role? I don't think it's quite that simple. I think it'll be more of a Tyreek Hill role for Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. It's going to be a different looking offense. I don't think we've seen the Chiefs shift how they treat their wide receivers so often that I don't think it's going to be a copy and paste in that role. I think Terry McLaurin is closer to a Tyreek Hill in terms of how he will be used. And then Jahan Dotson is kind of that uh, Demarcus Robinson, Chris Conley. It's never worked, right? That role has never worked for the Kansas City Chiefs, but I think it actually can with Jahan Dotson, which I guess maybe is the MVS role. He'll be posted up outside. And then Curtis Samuel is going to be the McCole Hardman role. That is the one thing I will promise you is that he'll be the McCole Hardman because that's what they do. I want to see where Wandale does when he's a pretty high pick. Is Sky Moore the wide receiver uh, wide receiver we want in Kansas City? <laughs> Flip a coin. It's either Sky Moore or Kadarius Toney. Sky Moore is more likely to play the whole season. Kadarius Toney, more electric when we've seen him in small sample size. And then there's Rashi Rice, who long-term probably ends up being the best one. He's probably the Juju Smith-Schuster role, which was the best for fantasy last year. But... The slot's not guaranteed to be the number one with Patrick Mahomes. So I don't know, flip a coin between actually probably go Sky Moore because he's a lot cheaper than Kadarius Tony right now. So yeah, I guess Sky Moore is the one that we want. Anyways, rounding things up with the tight end position in the NFC East. This is more actual competitions. It is with the Washington commanders. I know Logan Thomas, he's been a fixture there for a couple years. He's been injury prone, but the kind of guy that when he's in the lineup, you're just, eh, I may as well start Logan Thomas. He's going to get some targets. But this year, it actually sounds like a true competition between Logan Thomas, Cole Turner, and John Bates. And this is an underrated thing about Eric Bieniemy and the Kansas City Chiefs is that they've been willing to use two tight end sets early and often. We saw a lot of Noah Gray last year. So could we see more two tight end sets from the Washington Commanders? Logan Thomas, Cole Turner, who's another wide uh, converted wide receiver out of Nevada. Or we've got John Bates, too, who's actually a traditional tight end. He's probably going to be the wide tight end, the inline blocker. But then Logan Thomas can do that, too. It's going to be interesting for the Commanders, but I don't think there's just going to be enough volume. I think 
with the commanders, the only two guys I'm actually interested in are Terry McLaurin, of course, and Jahan Dotson. Curtis Samuel will have some splashes, but he's McCole Hardman. It's not anything that valuable in fantasy in the tight end position. Eh. And then we've got the Eagles. Obviously, it's Dallas Goddard here at the top. Dan Arnold is signed to be the tight end, too, which hasn't been a fixture of the offense for a couple of years now. But maybe Dan Arnold forces his way out of the field. Doesn't matter for fantasy football. We know that the Giants, it's Darren Waller. The question is more, how much Daniel Bellinger do we see? How many two tight end sets do the Giants actually run? Because when it goes one tight end, Darren Waller's on the field. He is the wide receiver one for the New York Giants. But the final, the one that actually might end up mattering for fantasy football, and much like picking the right wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, if you pick the right tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, you could end up making yourself a lot of money. We saw this with Blake Jarwin. And then we saw it with uh, Dalton Schultz. And then we saw it with both of them where they kind of alternated back and forth. And then we saw it with just Dalton Schultz after Blake Jarwin got hurt. The Dallas Cowboys tight end position is going to score fantasy points. It just depends on who gets those snaps. Is Luke Schoonmaker going to be able to take the job? After missing most of minicamp, missing most of OTAs, I think we're going to see quite a bit of Jake Ferguson. And I think at least for 2023, Jake Ferguson is the tight end you want for the Dallas Cowboys. I think he is going to be a sneaky tight end too that mixes in some tight end weeks. Go out and get Jake Ferguson because he's pretty much free.